plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, power partners, and welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. This is our informational playground, and I am your host, Cynthia Bryan. We're coming to you live on the Voice American Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, and we're brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. We're so glad that you are with us today because it is totally a health and lifestyle uh, show. And um, we're going to be launching a lot of these uh, throughout the year just to keep you healthy, wealthy, and wise. In our second segment, we're going to be talking about how um, people are swapping animal products for more plant-based diets. Um, reducing meat intake and adding more fruits and vegetables because they're actually trying to do better things for the planet. So we'll give you some tips on how you can do that. Uh, in segment three, do you ever wake up with stiff joints and you might have arthritis and there are some strategies that you can manage the pain and get on with your day? And there's also some gadgets that could help you, especially if you have um, like, you know, stiffness in your hands. So, and, and if you obviously, if you can't overcome those difficulties, you need to call, contact a physician. The miracle moment for today brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. Please visit bethestarur.org. I'm not sure what the source of this is, but I like what it says. Sometimes in the winds of change, we find our true direction. And this is something that I have been saying for actually quite a long time because we never really know um, where we're going, but we have to have that map just in case. <laughs> because if you don't, you know, if you don't know where you're going, any road will do. That's what it, uh, what it actually says. So again, um, Let's try to find our true direction this year. Well, here in segment one, I wanted to talk about what's happening with an epidemic that is called loneliness. And it is just a human desire, a human need that to connect with others. And there's this growing field of science around the health benefits of positive human connection. And this is what we try to do here at Be The Star You Are, is to create a connection, a collaboration, a communication where you can feel that you are empowered as, uh, as well as encouraged to try new things. Now, there may, no, might, may not be like, you know, one size fits all because there isn't just one answer to the loneliness epidemic, but Experts do have ideas on how we can reverse the isolation trend that so many individuals and communities are facing today. 
And that's really what I want to discuss to hopefully that this year you will create the connections that are going to enliven your life because there's a 29% increase in the risk of heart disease when you are lonely. Lonely people have a weaker immune response to disease. And there's a 32% increase in the risk of stroke. And also loneliness causes higher rates of depression for all ages and definitely cognitive decline, uh, a much higher risk in older adults. So there's lots of reasons that we really want to connect with others and form relationships. The protective effects of connection are are immense because loneliness, just so you know, it's a normal part of the human experience, uh, especially, you know, when we go through any major life changes, like, you know, we might feel lonely uh, if we're graduating from high school and we're moving out on our own or we're going to college or the parents might feel lonely if a child is moving out of the house, going to a new neighborhood or going away to college or starting a new job, or maybe you change jobs and you really are feeling the disconnect from, from your colleagues back at work, or perhaps you've had a death in the family um, or you have split up with a boyfriend, girlfriend, or spouse. All of these are ways that we navigate grief, and it is just part of having some loneliness. And this, those are normal. Those are transient seasons of loneliness, and it can actually be helpful because when you go through those stages of life, it prompts you to reach out to others to build or to rebuild your connections. However, chronic loneliness and isolation can contribute to negative long-term health impacts. And that's what I wanted to talk about today is the chronic loneliness, the chronic isolation that really can um, cause you to have more disease and actually to die sooner than you need to. Positive social connections produce beneficial health outcomes almost from the moment that we are born. Because early in life, if we are attended to, if we are nurtured and supported, we end up in a category that the experts call securely attached. And that makes us healthier, happier, and definitely more satisfied in all relationships. And that continues through adulthood. Now, social connection can prompt us to take on the healthy habits of our peers, such as becoming more physically active, uh, quitting smoking, getting involved in rewarding activities, maybe volunteering in the workplace. Those with supportive work relationships tend to report more job satisfaction and less burnout. So it's important that where we work uh, nurtures us as well as our familial and friend connections. Now, having a close community contributes to a longer lifespan. And scientists have studied this for years. There are the five areas of the world with the longest living 
populations. They're referred to as the blue zones, and you might have seen documentaries about them. Um, but there was one communality that was discovered in all five of these blue zones where people live to over 100 years old. And that commonality was a tight-knit community because a close community provides a positive network of support, and this elevates happiness and well-being, and it also reinforces shared practices like a healthy diet, like exercising, having fun, you know, community events, and all of those promote better health and longer life. Now, how do we lose connection? Uh, many people believe that it was the COVID-19 pandemic that caused our current state of isolation, but that's actually, that might have exacerbated it, but the trend actually started many decades earlier. Um, there are so many studies that actually began around 2003 that are showing that people spending more time alone and less time with family and friends. And according to th that research, 90% of those who say they are not lonely have three or more confidence. Yet almost half, which is it's about 49 to 50% of Americans, have three or fewer close friends. And that's up by 27% since 1990. Now, contributors to isolation include, uh, this is not going to be a surprise to you, this growing political, racial, and economic polarization that is being built into our everyday lives. We have a lot of mistrust today. And also there was an increase in remote work. And what that did is it actually weakened the camaraderie among, you know, workmates because there is something to be said, you know, about having that quick conversation around the water cooler or grabbing that cup of coffee with somebody or, or maybe having lunch and not just sitting alone at home because you are connecting with somebody else. And historically, low involvement in all kinds of church give going or going to your synagogue or your mosque, that has also removed another element of a community gathering for many people because um, involvement in religious activities is way down um, compared to what it was 20 years ago. And then, of course, the big kind of, I guess, um, wrench in this whole thing would be technology and social media. And, of course, technology and social media are a mixed bag. I mean, they do enable connection for people who want to connect with the outer world, but it also leaves other people feeling more isolated or more self-conscious or more lonely. And we have, there's many, many studies that have found, especially with teenagers, how um, the social media is just, you know, eroding self-esteem because people are posting things on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok that are, are glamorized versions of themselves. And it's not just everyday living. And then people start thinking, well, poor me. Well, I don't live like that. Well, what's wrong with my life? So social media makes social people more social. 
but it makes lonely people more lonely because people tend uh, who are more extroverted might connect with people no matter if it's in person or online and they might you know make plans to have a, a zoom meeting or in person you know to go out for coffee or a glass of wine or something but those who are more withdrawn or used to being by themselves they might want to escape more and it's going to make them feel more lonely. So what are some steps that we can take to create connection? And despite powerful cultural trends, individuals do have that opportunity to take the steps to move themselves out of isolation and into their community. Um, one thing, of course, is volunteering. Volunteering is just a, a great way to get out and to work for a cause that you believe in and that others believe in. And because you both believe in the same cause, you have something in common. And when you help others, it's interesting. It's such such a, a, a paradigm or a paradox is that the more you help others, the more you help yourself. There are other things like if you are living alone and you really crave a roommate or you want to do a home sharing, maybe that is something that you could do. I know in the Bay Area, there is a program that matches homeowners with compatible borders to share expenses and household tasks and build connections. And the Bay Area of San Francisco is what I mean. It's called Home Match. And so there's probably things like that in every area. Because what people have demonstrated is they like having someone to come home to or to have someone come in the door in the evening to talk to at the end of the day, to share what transpired during the day. And people do better if they live with other people and they see themselves as members of a community. In fact, there are lots of statistics that show that people who live together, whether they are partners or married couples, live longer than people who are isolated and live alone. Now, some adults, especially millennials and young families, might want to move into co-housing communities where they have a private living space, but they have shared areas like a, you know, a shared kitchen or shared recreation room. Um, and that can foster community. So you could check something out in your area for co-housing and see if that is available, if that's something that resonates with you. Another antidote to loneliness is just to find a group of people with common interests. Uh, there is a website called meetup.com. It might be a good place to start. You might be able to discover, you know, local groups that are geared toward your interest from hiking to biking to writing to poetry to art, uh, history, science, whatever it is, you might be able to find something. And you know, again, you, you know, again, talking about volunteering, when you volunteer, it the uh, the stats show that it lowers your stress and your blood pressure. It will reduce depression. It increases your self-esteem and feel um, it increases your physical activity because 
it gives you a sense of purpose. And when you have a sense of purpose, it reduces the feelings of loneliness. I know here at Be The Star You Are, we just feel like we are working uh, diligently to help others be the best that they can be, to read, lead, succeed, and to give them some positive media and positive choices. And what's interesting about doing all that is it makes us feel good that we're helping others. So it is um, doing, you know, it is fostering community. And if you really want to check out, if you don't have a charity that fits right with you and be the star you are, isn't the right one for you, you could go to volunteermatch.org. That is um, online and it has, it lists all different charities and opportunities to volunteer, whether it be in food service or hospitals or children or reading or environmental causes, you know, animals, birds, everything. So, you know, there are there is something out there for everybody to get involved. And then you always just want to think bigger. Though these self-directed efforts are effective at reducing loneliness, they may not meet the needs uh, if you are struggling with any serious or long-term mental health challenge. And if that describes you, you really do want to seek some help. You can start with a primary care doctor or a behavioral health specialist. And what's important if, when you reach out for help is that the physician or the specialist looks at your environment, your social life, your spirituality, and also determines which of the areas you really need the most care. Because if someone is identified as being socially isolated, that is a different intervention or a different case management or social work than maybe some other kind of care that is needed. So if you are, again, if you, if you feel so isolated that it is affecting your mental capacity, you really do want to not just try to, um, you know, get involved, but reach out to a doctor because loneliness may seem like a personal problem and some of the best remedies may end up coming from broader systemic changes, um, you know, infrastructure, corporate commitment, or even just policies. So there are so, uh, society and structural ways that city planners or organizations might enact policies that encourage behaviors that could buffer against loneliness. And technology companies have to be held to a different standard when it comes to offsetting the kinds of use patterns that they have been monetizing um, and they you know they've been prioritizing monetizing. But unfortunately, some of those practices are contributing to the loneliness of many people. And any effort to make community events available and safe and appealing is worthwhile. But whatever community you're in, there's probably a community center. And if not, you might call your local chamber of commerce or even your city offices and see what's available I know in the in the small little area, this rural area where I live, there are nonstop 
festivals and fairs and farmers markets and events and crab feeds and you know church events volunteer events uh, club events uh, there are college things that happen there are so many things that are happening literally on a daily basis and then also the last thing i want to tell you is don't forget about your local library a local library can just be a godsend for activities and uh, connecting with people who will be like-minded. Uh, libraries are more than places just to check out books these days. They also have a lot of technology. They'll have reading series. They have lecture series. There's crafts. There's arts. There's you know things for children, things for seniors. So, you know, check out your library. You might be really surprised and excited to find out what's going on in your local area and you will be able to stay connected. Well, you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. I don't want you to be lonely. <laughs> so stay tuned for more. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, our how we can perhaps help the environment by swapping out some of the meat items in our food or menus for more plant-based diet and have healthier body and a healthier climate. Don't go away. Visit my website during the break, CynthiaBryan.com. I'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program, Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. 
It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Well, we're back, and I'm really excited um, because, as everyone knows, this is award season for television and films. And, of course, Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild, uh, we were on strike for so many months, the uh, Writers Guild starting back in May, and Screen Actors Guild not ending until end of November So we were concerned about how many films and things would actually be able to be seen. But um, today just launched the opening for the 30th annual SAG Awards. Um, And I have been voting ever since it started 30 years ago and have been on the, um, the nominating committee. So it's been really fun. So this year we have, I just wanted to tell you some of the movies that we will be um, looking at American Fiction, Barbie, The Color Purple, Ferrari, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, The Holdovers, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, Nyad, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and Rustin. And it'd be interesting to know what you liked, what you saw, and what would be your vote. Now, for television programs that I need to be voting on, I'm going to be voting on A Small Light, Adam Elementary, Asaka, Barry, The Bear, Beef, The Crown, The Diplomat, Fargo, Fellow Travelers, The Gilded Age, Lawman, Bass Reeves, The Last of Us, Lessons in Chemistry, Mandalorian, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, The Morning Show, Only Murders in the Building, Painkiller, Succession, Ted Lasso, and Tiny Beautiful Things. So I have no idea what's going to, yeah, I have some idea who could possibly win, but it'll be really fun to uh, revisit all of these uh, wonderful motion pictures and uh, television programs to be able to cast my vote in this next month. So those are the ones that are nominated, and you're going to be able to um, to watch the show um, at the end of February. I believe it's February, I want to say February 27, uh, 27th, I think, is when it's going to be. No, 24th. It's Saturday, February 24th at 8 p.m. And what's exciting this year it's going to be uh, live on uh, Netflix, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. So mark uh, February 24th on your calendar. Now, we're going to talk about um, eating kind of in a warming world. Now, first of all, bef- uh, before I commence, I want to say that I am not a vegetarian. I am not a vegan. I do eat meat, but I do grow almost all my own vegetables. And I do consider myself very environmentally minded. I want to lower my carbon emissions. Um, And so I do swap out animal products for plant-based diets as much as possible. Plant-based foods can be uh, just as tasty and nutritious. And Humans are continuously adapting to their environments, and it is possible for us to uh, gastronomically adapt to a warming world as well. 
So if you wanted to start making some choices from the global food system with climate change in mind, I just want to uh, give you a couple of, of tips that you might be able to do. And again, I'm not advocating for anyone to become a vegetarian or to become vegan um, because I think that, you know, being pescatarian or, you know, I think that we have to just eat what we want to eat. But one way that we can be kind of a little more flexible is to adapt a, a like one day or two days a week where we go meatless. So one thing that's suggested is to have like a meatless Monday. So that is the practice of avoiding meat on the first day of the work week. It's a very low commitment entry point, but it has a potentially high payoff. And interestingly, about a third of Meatless Monday participants actually do decide to become vegetarians after about five years. Now, research in indicates that a vegetarian diet can reduce your food spending by as much as 30%. Now, to add a pound of body weight to a livestock, they need to eat anywhere from 2 to 50 times as many pounds of feed. And that often contains commodity crops like corn or soybeans. So that means that every calorie from meat amplifies emissions across the farming system. So it's far more efficient for us to eat plants directly than to eat the animals that plants feed. Now, while giving up meat once a week isn't going to stop, you know, uh, global warming or anything, but it, it can help just a little bit and it can help you feel good about yourself and your health. Two-thirds of consumers plan to spend more money on plant-based products in the future. And actually, large meat conglomerates like Tyson Foods, um, they're actually bending to market pressures, and they're rolling out plant-based meat alternatives. And some of them are even closing some of their large meat processing plants. Now, if you typically eat meat, let's say, two or even three times a day, Maybe just replace it with a meatless option at least once, um, you know, once a day. And that could prevent emissions equivalent of driving a gas-powered car almost 700 miles if you do that once a day for a full year. Um, I find that so fascinating. And again, if you want to grow your own garden... You can grow it in a pot or a plot. You can have a just a container garden. You can have you can have pots on your windowsill, and you can at least grow some uh, greens. You know, arugula and lettuce, and you could grow radishes and carrots, things like that, it, which would be very healthy and very inexpensive for you to uh, to grow. Now, legumes naturally draw nitrogen from the air into the soil, so growing them requires less fertilizer and emits fewer greenhouse gases than almost any other crop. Another thing about giving up any meat at any level is if you're going to give up meat, you might want to reduce the amount of food products that you eat from ruminant animals. So what is a ruminant animal? 
those are um, animals that digest and ferment their food with a four compartment stomach. And who are they? Cows, bison, sheep, and goats. You know, you know they how they chew their cud? Well, that's what they're doing. They're ruminating. Now, in cows, the fermentation creates up to 50 quarts of planet-warming gas per hour, per hour, 50 quarts, which cows release through belching. So you've heard of the methane emissions that come from cows, and it really, it's true. I mean, on the hill behind me, I have, there are, um, there's a, a big cattle ranch, and I love cows. I think that they're just a beautiful, beautiful animal. But they are belching. And that's partly why beef is the single most harmful food to the climate and why the emissions burden of ruminants is 10 times higher than that of other animals. So if you consume 50 grams of protein from eating pork instead of beef, it means that you prevent the emissions that would be equivalent of burning more than 15 pounds of coal. Now, people often wonder about cheese. Oh, because I love cheese. And especially, it's like the creamier, the stinkier, you know, all those, especially those French cheeses. Oh, so amazing. But some cheeses can be worse for the climate than eating meats because cheese leave behind... Um, they, they also, cheese production starts with a ruminant animal, right? And then it also requires a lot of milk. So cheese is second behind beef. Making two pounds of cheese emits two times more planet warming gas than processing two pounds of poultry. So you can be a fairly unsustainable vegetarian if you eat lots of dairy. So just being vegetarian and eating dairy isn't really helping anything. So again, some uh, if you're going to eat meat like pork, um, any poultry, you know, duck, turkey, uh, those are, are good things to eat. They're not going to prom promote um, the emissions that are detrimental. It really is the ruminant animals. It is the beef, the bison, sheep, which would be lamb chops, and goats. Now, do you want to go local? The answer is always yes. It's you, Locally raised is going to prevent a lot of emissions because of all of all the driving. So it probably is better if you are going to you know, eat uh, eat that delicious steak or that burger, it's probably to get it if you can get it locally rather than if it was produced across the world. The production of animal-based foods rel relates in so many climate warming gases, it is hard to offset those climate impacts simply by buying meat and, um, and dairy sourced locally, but it is probably better. Um, if you prioritize local food, it has the potential to reduce emissions for one's diet by about 10%. And, you know, again, a shift towards plant-based foods is necessary and more important to ensure a low emissions diet. And if you're trying to further reduce your carbon footprint, um, of even just, you know, just using the lowest emission ingredients, Locally produced plant-based diets are the answer. So that's why 
going to your local farmer's market is just a really great thing to do. You want to skip buying produce that's traveled long distance, you know, especially by air, because uh, fruits and vegetables that are not in season or exotic, those have traveled a long distance, and that is not a sustainable eating. For example, uh, I, I, I guess I'm a snob about this, but I will only I only eat things that are in season. So I'm only going to eat tomatoes that I grow, grapes that I grow, oranges that I grow, because I want them to be in season. The same, you know, I'll buy lettuce and things because that can grow just about any place all year round. But if you do have a farmer's market, that is the place that you want to check out because that is going to be the least amount of travel for your um, uh, fruits, vegetables, meat, or fish. Now, food system innovations like giving cows methane-reducing feed supplements and planting cover crops, they are showing promise in reducing emissions from all animal agriculture. But the potential reductions aren't as big in the comparison to the changes that we can personally make by simply eating fewer animal products. We do not need to be vegan or vegetarian to save the climate. No, that's not the answer. But if we could be just a little bit more flexible and just start replacing a bit of meat and dairy, our humanity will have a better chance of avoiding the worst of climate changes effects. So that's just something that we can do in our own personal eating habits. And again, I am not advocating that people have to go vegan or vegetarian. I am neither of those, but I really do like vegetables a lot and really like um, uh, enjoying as many as, uh, as possible. But if you can grow your own, that is really going to be the best. And if you go to my website and you, you'll be able to read my latest uh, blogs, which is about eco-optimism. Um, and we're talking about garden trends. So you can go to uh, be this, no, it, well, you can see it at bethestarur.org. But if you go to cynthiabryan.com and click on the blog, you're going to be able to read what is going to be happening for the year. We'll also be talking about it more here on the radio so that we can all be as, you know, ecologically conscientious as possible, stay as healthy as possible, and be good stewards of the earth while also enjoying ourselves because it's, you know, what's life if you're not having fun? Well, you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're going to have a quick business bite, and then we'll be back. We're going to manage our stiff joints and really talk about arthritis. Hope you don't have it, but we'll probably all get it by some time. Stay with me. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. You can find more information at StarStyleRadio.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Well, it's a new year and you might want to start a business and you have many choices. You can start from scratch. You can buy an existing business. You could purchase a franchise. 
But the best way to figure out what and how you will start your business is to ask yourself a few questions. What is the business I want to start? What is the product or the service that I want to sell? Who will be my customers or my clients? Is my product or service necessary? How will I set myself apart from the competition? And what industry am I in? How will I fund the startup? Who do I know that already runs a profitable business in my field? Starting a business means that you are already halfway there. So good luck. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an I, dot com. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Well, thanks for staying with me. I am Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And we are brought to the airways under the species of Be The Star You Are charity. Well, do you ever wake up in the morning and uh, you go to stretch, but your fingers hurt or your pain in your feet or, you know, you just you just have a little bit, you know, I don't know. You have pain in the joints. Many people with osteoarthritis or rheumatoid arthritis wake up with those stiff, uh, sore hands. And for those that have osteoarthritis, it's caused by the wearing down of cartilage in the joints. And the stiffness may last for just a few minutes, but if you have rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease, the pain could continue for a couple of hours. So what do you do? What would be a good way to wake up if you're feeling stiff? And most of us, if we do any physical work or we work on computers a lot, our hands do get stiff and our fingers just can hurt. Well, some of the things, the first thing you might want to do in the morning is to give yourself a heat treatment and that could relieve some of the, uh, the stiffness. And what that a heat treatment could mean would be you could soak your hands in warm water. You could put a heating pad on them. You might, maybe you'll get a microwavable hand warmer or even a paraffin bath. You know, those are like a hot wax treatment. If you've ever had 
kind of a fancy manicure where they gave you a paraffin wax. They have these gloves and you put your hands um, in this wax and then you put these gloves on that are warm and it really does heat up all your joints and it feels really so great. And then you could follow that with some gentle mobility exercises that could loosen up your joints. Like one of the exercises that you could do is just to open and close your hand into a fist and just do that a couple of times, do it slowly so that you're not, you know, not exerting too much pressure on joints. The other thing you could do is touch a finger one at a time to your thumb. See if you can do that. And if it really can, maybe do it a few times just to loosen up those joints. And a third one would be stretching your fingers apart and then closing them back together. So stretch your fingers and then close. And a fourth one, bring the tips of your fingers down kind of to the tops of your palm, like you're just turning in your fingers and squeeze. And then do that a couple of times. And that that gets your, your joints warmed up. But here are some strategies actually to start the day because painful hand joints can just make it so difficult to grasp um, any object, even to button you know, your, your blouse or to tie your shoes. Sometimes even washing, brushing your teeth, getting dressed, even making breakfast can be tough on your joints. So... Whenever you can, use your larger joints. And what is your larger joint? For example, if you're taking a shower and you're going to um, open, you know, you need shampoo or soap. If you use a soap or shampoo dispenser with a pump, that's going to allow you to use your palm. And the palm is a, a larger joint. So you could push down on that as opposed to trying to open the top of a shampoo bottle. Another suggestion would be use both hands to do things whenever possible. If you have to open a shampoo bottle in the tub or the shower, and it's difficult because your hands are stiff, if you take a rubber band and wrap it around the cap, it's gonna give you a better grip, especially when things are wet. You could also use a washcloth and that might help you to get a handle on it. If you want to make getting dressed easier, you can um, think carefully, first of all, when you, you know, go to purchase any clothing, and you might want to avoid things that have snaps or really small buttons, or, or instead, um, if you try to get things with a zipper, you might want to use a zipper pull. That's an attachment to a zipper tab, and it just e makes it easier to pull up. And as far as like tying shoelaces, Instead of getting shoes that have laces, you might want to get elastic laces that you pull up on to tighten or just get some slip-ons. Now they're making all these really cute and comfortable slip-ons that actually have these fake laces. The most important thing, though, when you're talking about shoes is to make sure that they're going to support your feet. And of course, there are different gadgets that are going to be able to assist you with dressing and bathing. Um, if you have the stiff joint or if you have any arthritis. Now for buttons, there's something called a button hook. It's like a wire loop and it goes around the button and you pull it through the, the hole. I told you about the zipper pull, especially for women if you have a zipper in the back of your dress. It's really hard to 
pull that up, especially if you don't have anybody there to help you. Um, for putting on shoes, get a long-handled shoehorn if it's difficult for you to bend over. Uh, shoehorns can really, really help. And uh, for people who have uh, difficulty putting on their socks, there's something that is called a sock aid, and it will help you with the grip. And then if you're taking a shower and you know you want to wash your back, it's really great to have a long-handled sponge or long-handled brush. And then you could have a grabber, which is like a pincher for things that you need to pick up. Like if you have difficulty bending over and or just if you bend over, you have a difficulty getting back up, you might want to have this stick that has a grabber and then it can pick up the keys that you drop or your wallet or whatever else. Now, the same thing goes to um, if you're going to be working in the kitchen. Let's say you have to cook anything. Holding anything with a slender handle could be difficult and painful. So some eating and cooking utensils actually come with larger handles. And you can also buy this cylindrical foam that you can put over any of your utensil handles. There's something that's called a universal cuff and it has a loop on it. You put that loop around your palm and it has a slot for the utensil. That might be helpful for you. Um, there's a rocker knife that you could get to cut food that puts less strain on your thumb. And I always have trouble opening jars. So I have, um, it's just a piece of, it's like a piece of rubber that has these bumps on it. And it's like for, I think it's like a non-slip jar and bottle opener. It just gives extra grip and you just turn it easily and boop, it opens the jar. So there are a lot of items that you can get that can help you um, help you ease the pain in your hands to open things. But whatever you're doing, whether in the morning or throughout the day, Remember to respect your pain. Don't try to work through it because if you overdo it, you can cause more pain. And if you have difficulties that you can't overcome, you definitely want to talk to your uh, physician or consult an occupational therapist, someone who is an expert who can evaluate you and make specific recommendations that are tailored just for you. Because again, you do not want to work through the pain. That used to be the old saying is no pain, no gain. Well, we don't think that way anymore. And the other thing is, is a lot of people, um, especially because of computers and social media and the phones and typing on these small things, people are tending to get more carpal uh, tunnel syndrome and you get a numbness, a tingling, a burning sensation in your fingers, mainly your thumb, your index, and your middle fingers. These are the classic signs of carpal tunnel syndrome. It's also called CTS. And you might want to get an evaluation if that is happening because what happens is, is you will start realizing you have carpal tunnel when you go to bed. You start waking up during the night and it can be brought on by activities like driving a car, holding a book, 
or just working on your tablet or your phone for any long period of time, or maybe a power tool, even just using a hairdryer. And if you get more advanced, you could lose sensation in your fingers and you can't do things like buttoning a shirt. I mean, your hands can actually go numb. You could also lose some of the muscle function in your thumb and that could make it more difficult for you to bring your fingers and your thumbs together. So the treatment is going to depend on how long it's been going on. If a patient has a little bit of numbness and tingling in the hand when doing something like driving a car and you're waking up occasionally at night um, that and you have like a normal sensation and no weakness or muscle loss, maybe you just could wear a wrist brace at night. So put a wrist brace on when you go to sleep because that rigid brace will keep the wrist from bending and that'll prevent the nerve from getting pinched while you sleep. You might want to take some non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs and that can bring down the swelling, but they're not recommended for extended periods of time. And some people can't take them due to side effects. So again, you probably want to ask your doctor. If systems persist, you could get a cortisone injection and that could ease the pain, but most people have a recurrence of symptoms within a year. And if symptoms persist despite those measures or are more advanced and they occur most or all the time, your doctor might want to perform a uh, conductivity test of the median nerve and that is to see whether the nerve is compressed and if there's any nerve damage. And if there is any nerve damage, you might be a um, ready to have some kind of carpal tunnel surgery. And that surgery releases the transverse carpal ligament, which increases the space in the carpal tunnel. And it can be done either as an open procedure with a small incision in the palm or an endoscope through an incision at the wrist Surgery is effective, and the important thing is not to wait too long because once you start getting numbness, the nerve might be dead, and then you might not come back from it. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you for tuning in to Star Style, our lifestyle show, every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. here Pacific on the Voice America Network. We can always uh, bring you health and and uh, happiness techniques. For more information about Star Style or Cynthia Bryan, visit my website, cynthiabryan.com. To get involved with Be The Star You Are charity, visit bethestaryouare.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. I want you to see beyond your physical being, know you already the star of you dreamed of becoming, Cherish the past, dream of the future, but celebrate today because this is the only time that we have. I am working on a new book in the Stella Bella Barnyard Adventure series, so I hope that you'll pick up some of the books that are already in the Star Style store. You can find them at CynthiaBryan.com. Click on the store. And until next week, when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, Smiles keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. We'll see you next week. And thank you to Jordan, my engineer, for making me sound good. Thanks a lot.
It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.